Well, Walt finally tells his family about the cancer. And it goes about how you'd expect. Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge Breaking Bad. I'm Zach, your host, watching some of the most iconic shows in recent memory, like Breaking Bad, which ended 10 years ago, and I'm finally watching for the first time. All the reactions, all the hot takes, plenty to say, lots of predictions, they'll all be wrong. Grab your gas masks and your chemistry sets as I react to the fourth episode, Cancer Man. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get started, there will be no spoilers because I have no idea what happens in this show aside from this dude becoming a meth dealer. There will be some language though, so earmuff the children. Shout out to Katie, holding it down for the bonus binge squad on Patreon. We left off in the last episode. Walt had finally, seriously, finally killed Crazy 8. He cleaned up the mess and came home to his wife to finally come out and tell about his cancer, which was left as a cliffhanger. So we just assumed that he was telling her about the cancer. And then the episode title for this episode kind of confirms that. So let's go ahead and just jump into Cancer Man. And we open it on the brother-in-law leading an investigation. It turns out that Crazy 8, his cousin, was a snitch. Awesome. So now they're trying to figure out what happened to him and, you know, to his cousin Crazy 8. Particularly because the meth they found on scene was so amazingly good and they think that there's like a new cook in town and it means that the new player is a highly skilled player and it's Albuquerque's new kingpin and then we flash to Walt in his underwear brushing his teeth in all his kingpin glory and credits and coming out of the credits we have a smoked barbecue And Walt in, like, a trans, it turns out. It's a family barbecue with the in-laws. Apparently, the sister-in-law wife is not happy about the brother-in-law's jokes. And and it's just kind of what you figure is going on. Um, I am wondering, watching for the first time, though, if I can bring you into my head, if Walt is, like, making love to a beer can. He, like, started rubbing it on his face and got this weird expression, and then it cut away. So, like, I don't know what he and that can have going on in this very moment of the episode, but luckily, um, we we move on to the brother-in-law, who's at least actually trying to give some decent advice to Walter Jr. about having confidence. Now, it's it's a weird, like, it's a weird interaction, because that's the brother-in-law in a nutshell, who... I've actually begun to like a little bit. Uh, He's at least funny when he's on screen. And then we get this like weird story of how Walt wooed Naggy Wife. But of course, she's just losing it the whole time. Because, you know, Walter has cancer. And she just found out. And now he has to tell everyone else because of the way that she storms off and says you know ask him they obviously think that he did something to her which i guess you could argue he did by withholding information about his own life and mortality but like she made this 
seem like something completely different. And now he's forced into telling them whether he wanted to or not. And apparently this is also how Walter Jr. is finding out. And we cut to him really into the music that's playing and crying because that's what you... I don't know if that's what you do when you find out your dad has cancer. I have no idea. I, I luckily have not been in that situation. It would make sense, the tears, and if music is your thing, this makes sense to me. Uh, And while this is happening, we're in the living room, and the family's giving him a guilt trip because he didn't tell them. Obviously, I'm going to... I'm going to back up for a second. He should have told his family, which I said from the beginning, the first episode ever, he should have told his family. But this is horseshit, (laughs) making his cancer and his death sentence about them. Can you really even wonder why he didn't tell them anything? All of these people suck. And okay, the brother-in-law coming in for like a, you know, waterworks bro talk good for him i i i like that i like that he's showing some support i don't like that everybody else is making his cancer about them so now we cut to little buddy's house uh and he's having a party with some of his just drugged out buddies i and my first thought when i see them on screen is whether they were planted whether they were informants because There's this, like, weird way that they're, like, pressing him on, like, his old partner and on him and stuff like that. Or maybe I'm just as paranoid as little buddy is. And they really, really want some meth. Um, So he starts talking up this new batch that Walt actually made. And they decide, you know, they're they're just going to leave if he doesn't share with them. And... I could only wonder in real time, why does he care? Let these dudes leave. And yet he doesn't and he's really paranoid and all of that. So like they they do they do the drugs because he doesn't want them to go. He doesn't want to be alone. He wants to be cool for his friends. They do the meth. And then like I it's like next day or whatever and he's like super paranoid now watching out the window for mall walkers. I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe you should stick to, you know, smoking pot so that you can, you know, be more paranoid. This dude's already paranoid and his solution is smoking pot, which I've heard maybe for some people increases paranoia. Definitely the solution. Anyways, who are these bikers? We've got like a machete and a grenade showing up. And this is actually a really genius scene because as I mentioned many times like little buddy's losing it and he's hallucinating and the junkie just starts running from bicycle riding christian solicitors so that's where we are in little buddy's life he's a mess just a mess uh and then we cut to walt in the bathroom as usual he spends a lot of time in the bathroom uh he's he's cleaning up his wounds from crazy eight stabbing him repeatedly with a broken plate and i'm remembering back now earlier i said it was his cousin that was the um that was the snitch was it possibly crazy eight that was the snitch i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the episode again just in case i'm forgetting that i don't know why that even popped into my head just now but anyways crazy eight was stabbing him repeatedly with a broken plate 
um, you know, when Walt murdered him in cold blood. Uh, and now we got to scrub blood droplets off of his pants. And uh, <laughs> naggy wife in all of her glory outside the door, you're getting almost you're getting a little bit of a reminiscent to when Walter Jr. was trying on pants in the um, in the in the fitting room. Do you need my help? You know, whatever. And, you know, what do you need? And that that's where Walt is right now. And his response is glorious. It's, you know, just privacy, honey. (laughs) The dude can't even take a piss without an entourage just like up his ass. Um, And here we are. So we're doing the like, we need to get the perfect treatment and the amazing things and like who cares if it's in our network and blah 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 don't get hung up on the money which is a hilarious sentiment because just what two episodes ago he's been working multiple jobs and his wife was just like all over him about putting like $15 on a credit card and now we're putting an out of network oncology appointment on a credit card that's going to total a couple more dollars than 15 I'm just, I'm just guessing. And Walt has a secret pension in the vent of the nursery. And of course, his kid catches him while he's trying to catch his money and and all of that. And Walter Jr. is just, he's not happy with having been left in the dark either. And I understand this. And I at least appreciate that so far, Walter Jr. hasn't made it about him really he's just been hurt that he wasn't you know uh he didn't know so now we've cut to uh to walt taking a drive um at least he's by himself and he doesn't have anyone nagging at him or in his ear except for a speeding cop car and this is this was obvious this was telegraphed but you know um you if you if you're paying attention at least close enough attention to write notes for a podcast you knew that these cops were just gonna like fly past him but he's gonna be totally incredibly paranoid because he just murdered two people (laughs) and he's gonna think every set of lights is out to get him and uh and and i also like did i i don't know where he's going i don't know what's going on uh, he, he's trying to park his car in his spot that he patiently waited on gets stolen by just a typical douchebag. This dude is talking loud on his Bluetooth in public. He's stealing parking spots. He's like, he is literally the stereotype over, uh, overpowered version of douche. And Walt is imagining murdering this dude like he murdered Crazy 8. I imagine. Because I am. This guy sucks. Uh, So now, before he could, you know, murder him, uh, we're watching some kind of weirdo, like, TV show or some kind of flashback. Like, I didn't understand what was going on at first. um, But it's, uh, like, this family. And then it you it's revealed that this is little buddy's family and he's in the backyard uh and they're total uptight snobs and he's the ultimate disappointment and things started to click but the scene didn't start off super clear um but at least he gets to sleep in a bed and not on the patio furniture so they did let him in the house so that's cool um and the 
the the weird cuts that they were doing to show that he's still like out of it and uh, uh, inebriated to say the least. Uh, the parents are aware that he's a junkie. Um, he wakes up like an hour before dinner, and they have clearly done this song and dance before. And here he is, like they're they're ready to go. They're like, no, we're gonna make sure sh- we're gonna we're not standing for this. This is not gonna happen. And they walk in, ready to ah, and he's setting the table like a good Christian boy. That's not a dig at Christians. These this family is overly. Uh, Christian and religious they're like the the poster family for uh, front row pew and lots and lots of dirty secrets in the closet I imagine that's where we're headed with this family Um, also this show is like stereotypes to the extreme with like every character so far it really is I, I mean Walt and little buddy are the only two that to me read like characters and Walter Jr. um is seems fairly grounded everybody else is pretty much like a caricature of a stereotype and they really push it you've got naggy wife who's always nagging nag 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 only nagging only nagging so that we root for Walter to abandon his family and become a meth dealer that's kind of necessary you've got the brother-in-law who's DEA agent you know man's man and and doesn't do touchy-feely very well, and he doesn't do heart-to-hearts very well, and he's, like, scared straight guy and, and all of that, and then you've got, like, the the sister-in-law who's just a complete and total, like, nightmare and just absorbed into her own little world and isn't very nice and all of this stuff, and then these extra characters we've got just overly douchebag guy that cut him off we've got the overly religious family that is like super disappointed in their druggy son and like these they're doing this on purpose right like so that the you you really get who these people are um very quickly in like um not a lot of screen time but anyways um we've got walt at school he's still doing the teacher thing which I'm kind of surprised he's still doing at this point. Um, but Walter Jr. decided to skip the bus home because he wants to ride home with his dad. And dad's trying to grade some papers, and that's not going to happen. Um, rather, it's some some semblance of a half-hearted reassurance that he's trying to give to Walter Jr. Um, and says, like, things have a way of working themselves out. And you know that he, like, has practiced this in the mirror and the performance fell flat because Walter Jr. is not buying it either. While this bonding is taking place, in our next scene, we have a little buddy who's bonding with his little brother, who's seeming like a pretentious little shit, just like mom and dad. Um, and and little buddy's trying to do the if you ever need advice and and all of that. And you know that this kid, like the last place he's going to for advice is his his deadbeat brother that his parents, you know tell him all the time is a disappointment um and mom comes to the door checking just to make sure her baby boy isn't being corrupted by the disgrace of the family and you know this is just like you feel it like they're over they're overly stereotypical as i mentioned like you couldn't have written them any more stereotypical than they are but this has to eat at them 
like it would any family. They're the extreme visualization of that. But any family who goes through a an addiction to their like that their child has, like you have to imagine that it just eats away at the family. Like I can't as a dad, I can't imagine what that feels like. I pray that I never have to. Um but I I I can only figure that it totally does. Um, and Jesse has like a kind of an, a, a, you know, a, a reaction to this, obviously, um, because in his mind, he's just trying to talk to his little brother and his own parents are coming to make sure that his little brother is safe, having a conversation with him. Um, and that's got to suck. Um, but we do get to see him afterwards going through some of his old stuff. Um, apparently he, he was artistic and, and he gets like pretty happy when he sees his old drawings and he flips it over and we're reminded he was a terrible student. Um, and he gets a call, uh, from, you know, connections, people that he has one of the, uh, I think it was one of the, you know, party goers from the night before. And they're interested in that particular batch of meth for purchase and now we're getting somewhere uh and (laughs) whilst we are left on that particular cliffhanger walt is fishing his money from the hvac unit (laughs) which is a great place to be trying to get your money and little buddy shows up at his house granted walter's there alone he did wait you know until he wasn't barging in on family time or whatever um and Walter like thinks he's wired. He's like looking for, and it, they're both just they're both paranoid at this point, because you know the murders. Uh, and little buddy just wants to, <laughs> as he puts it, debrief. Um, and I don't know why he's dragging this on. He needs he he just it took him a minute to get to the point. I guess uh, is that he he wants to make more money selling the meth. Ta-da! And Walt reacts really really negatively, and I don't understand it. Because Walt is the one who went to Little Buddy wanting to cook meth in the first place so that he could make money and even blackmailed Little Buddy. I keep calling him Little Buddy. I think you've got the gist by now. Little Buddy is Jesse. I just like calling him Little Buddy. Anyways, he blackmailed Little Buddy into cooking meth with him or he was going to turn him into the DEA. And now he's pissed when Little Buddy wants to, you know, cook meth and make money. What am I missing here? Maybe Walt didn't plan on the murders, I guess. I guess that's his hesitation, but this was your idea in the first place. You can't be mad at the dude for bringing you money and saying, let's make more money. But anyway, uh, we cut to big fancy words being said by big fancy cancer doctor, which basically say nothing when you break it down chemo might work it might not side effects might happen they might not you know you might be completely miserable and you might live longer and you might not who doesn't love those odds and then we cut to some like weird cleaning person who finds a joint just in a random place in the house um i can't tell if this is in little buddy's uh little brother's room or if it was just found somewhere it wasn't clear to me um but we've got a parental intervention because little buddy came back to the parents house even though he has his own house 
I guess he's just still paranoid somebody's going to show up there. I don't know. Um, and from the start, I I felt like it wasn't his. Um, but they decide that they're, you know, kicking him out of their house and that they're not going to stand for these drugs in their home and blah, blah, blah. And he tank takes the joint with him. And suspicions confirmed. He goes to the little brother, who thanks him for not ratting on him, and asks if he can have his joint back. And we get a good brother move from Jesse. He crumbles it, stomps it on the ground, and also tells the kid that it's dirt. But it's good. Like, this kid is really young. I don't know how young, but he seems really, really young. Uh, he shouldn't have a joint yet. Um, just saying. And Jesse wasn't going to make his life miserable and put him in the position to be the quote-unquote on the road to the disgrace that he is in the eyes of their, you know, super pretentious parents. He wasn't going to not take the fall because they already hate him. But he also wasn't going to be the facilitator to his little brother. And this is a really cool character moment, I think, for Jesse. In my opinion, the coolest character moment that he's had since this show started. Like, he started this show as a very, just an epic loser. I mean, aside from getting laid that one time, I mean, he got pushed off a roof getting out of there, so obviously he shouldn't have been there in the first place. But, like, he's not got a lot going for him. He's, like, he's, and and his character doesn't seem very intelligent. But this is a, this is a good move, and I think showing heart and, like, peeling back a layer that there's more to this character than just kind of a dopey, dumb, you know, a meth addict and dealer. Um, so now we cut to Walter's wife trying to talk herself into being hopeful because, again, this is about her, not about Walt. Um, and he doesn't want to do this expensive treatment, and... I, she only wants him to do the expensive treatment. And then Walter Jr. from the living room, and I quote, just give up and fucking die already. And that one hurts a lot. (laughs) And I get the sentiment they're going for here. The family wants him to do whatever it takes to fight and stay alive for them. And he doesn't want to leave them in an impossible financial situation when he inevitably dies that cripples their lives that they have left while he's gone. It's an impossible situation for someone to be in and also telegraphs, this is how he's going to decide to cook the meth. (laughs) Um, And then he starts coughing up blood. And at that point, he goes to the bank and sees the same douchebag. Or not, to the bank. Sorry, I misspoke. He saw the same douchebag from the bank, and he's about to snap. And I just want to take you through, so this last scene I wrote in, like, real-time reaction style. These are my notes verbatim. What are you going to do, Walt? You're about to snap. They like to end episodes with a bang, Let's see it, Walt. He popped the hood and put a wet squeegee on the battery. And it blew the fucking car up. That's amazing. Fuck that guy. 
Those are my notes verbatim, and that's the episode. (laughs) Uh, A lot of backstory, a lot of setup, a lot of laying the groundwork for how Walt is going to ultimately justify cooking meth, uh, and a lot of building a reason for the audience to sympathize and root for Jesse, which is great because I feel like we need that. As the partner, we need to care about him too. This can't just be the Walter-focused story and everyone else is just a stereotypical caricature as like uh, caricature around him. And the, the writers are doing some work, um, but they needed to put some fireworks in at the end. Nothing super excited happened in this episode until that ending moment where he blew up the car. And I think that that does help because, again, the, the writers were doing work. They were laying a lot of groundwork, but there wasn't there wasn't much substance to this episode from an excitement standpoint. Um, and I assume that this show is going to pick up some steam at some point because this is the definition of a slow burn so far. Uh, and I guess that's as good a way as any to lead into my ridiculous predictions that I know that I'm going to get wrong and you get to laugh at me for. Here's what I got for this episode. Uh, I think that Walt is going to do the treatment uh, to appease his family, and that's why he agrees to cook meth in order to pay for the expensive-ass treatments for the expensive uh, oncologist that Naggy wife wants him to go to. Uh, I also think that Jesse's little brother is going to end up doing something really stupid and that little buddy's going to have to come save the day or something, uh, which is going to end up being a moment that his parents have to like appreciate him. I think that's coming. I, I think they're, they're going to get their comeuppance for the way that they like have kind of cast him out, I think, um, and, and develop some sort of an appreciation and kind of an olive branch to Jesse at at some point, and I think the little brother is going to be the vehicle to doing that. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I feel like it's something that is kind of primed whenever we want to pull on that particular uh, branch of the story. And uh, my last prediction from this episode is that one of the dudes that Jesse was partying with is a snitch, and that's going to be a problem. And that's what I got for this one. Uh, If you enjoyed my reaction to this episode of Breaking Bad, leave a review on whatever app you're using right now. If you want to join the discussion, there is a free Facebook group for listeners of this podcast. Uh, I've got a link in the show notes. There's also my website, belatedbinge.com, that has links to all the things. Um, And it also has a voicemail feature uh, on it that you can use to get in on the the fun as well. Um, You can also consider Patreon, patreon.com slash belatedbinge for additional benefits. Uh, Remember, life is short. Still, maybe don't become a meth dealer. Uh, But if you do, buy an RV. Uh, Wear headphones and take belated binge Breaking Bad wherever that RV happens to take you.